Welcome friends to another episode of Making Disciples. It is so good to be with you. Hey, as I'm recording this, I'm looking at my window. There's sunshine. Sun is coming. I know it's, uh, I'm recording this in, in May and this will go out in June, but oh, summer is coming. Come on, that must excite you. Hey, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount right now. And we are walking through Jesus's teaching. If Jesus is the one that we want to make as the blueprint of our lives, uh, then the Sermon on the Mount is this spectacular walkthrough of what does it look like for the kingdom of God to be at work in our lives? What does it look like to be people of the kingdom? What does it look like for us to engage with the world differently? Uh, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus in the world? And we've been walking through it bit by bit. And now we've got to this bit in Matthew 5 uh, 33 where Jesus talks about oaths so I'll read that in a little uh, while um, but we're gonna look at this bit you know what does Jesus have to say about the way that we engage in the world and uh, how we make arguments and how we make contracts and how do we you know engage with others uh, when we are trying to get our point across and trying to show that we're telling the truth you know how do you do that that's what Jesus does uh, in this uh, next little piece of scripture. Just a few verses. Uh, Jesus talks about oaths. So that's what we're going to look at. Hey, really good to have you with us. If you're new to the podcast, massive welcome. Don't forget to subscribe. The reason I keep saying, like, do subscribe is there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who aren't subscribed. So if I was to not run any for uh, a couple of weeks you wouldn't know uh, when the next one suddenly appeared so you know subscribe it, it does uh, help you know when the next episode uh, is out so let's go for this um oh i would say my name is chris rogers i'm your host um i am at vicar in east london if we've never met it's uh, really good to to meet in this way uh, i lead a church in east london we planted it 13 years ago with um just a real desire to see our neighbourhood come to know Jesus. Uh, Jesus as the liberator, the great liberator, the great, great freer. Uh, not as a religious thing, but as a person who will transform your life in relationship with him. And so that's what we do. I lead a conference called Spring Harvest. Um, do podcasts like this. I'm also doing my doctorate right now, which is absolutely killing me. Uh, trying to juggle everything. It, um, it's a some point I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm studying because I think you'll find it quite interesting but anyway we're gonna jump in uh, here we go Matthew 5 and uh, yeah I'll see you after this jingle to us this next little bit from Matthew so verse 33 to 37 again you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep your oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, uh, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Ooh. Let your yes be a yes, your no be a no. Look, friends, if you was to simply go away with that piece of teaching, make your yes a yes, your no a no. Don't lie. Don't extend. Don't overstretch yourself. Don't try to convince somebody of something that's not true. Just make your yes a yes and your no be a no. That's all you pick up from this passage that is exactly like the 
the golden thread. That's what it is about. But it's helpful to kind of know some of the context of what Jesus is speaking into, some of the loopholes that people had come up with to get around this, this oath being truthful. And what does it mean for us as we move forward? I absolutely love language. I love words. I love stories. I love how odd and strange words can go together and put words together to make something new. And this has confused the kids to the point that they don't always know if I'm telling the truth or not. You know, Daisy once said to me, what does the tooth fairy do? And I said, well, she makes tooth monsters. And, uh, you know, I tried to convince her that the reason the tooth fairy was taking all these teeth was that she was making teeth monsters. Um, so teeth fairy make teeth monsters. You know, we use words to tell stories. We use words to be clever. Some people are so good with their words. You listen to me, oh my gosh, they make me laugh. Some people are good with a silver tongue, the way that they use their words to draw you in, to make you laugh, to tell you a tale, to convince you of something. Car, second-hand car salesmen, you know, these guys have got silver tongues. They, they will convince you of things of a second-hand car that is just not true because they're good with the gab. They're good with the tongue. They're good at convincing you of something that is not true. Some people are good at a good tale. I have got some amazing friends who are amazing storytellers and they tell you things, stories that things that happen to you to them and they will make it sound so much more fun and funny than it actually was in reality because they're good at telling a tale and Jesus is speaking into this because there's a danger when we get so good with our mouth so good with the tongue that nobody quite knows anymore where the line is between truth and fiction I don't know if you are telling the truth. I don't know how much that is real. If, if people say that about you, that's what Jesus is speaking into, you, into us. As disciples of Jesus, he says, be known as people who tell the truth. Be known as people who say yes and they mean it. Those that say no and they mean it. Don't be somebody that says yes, but actually you mean no. And I would push this as far to say apply this to the way you communicate on many levels not just uh, with your mouth but in all forms of communication um i i found it really difficult in the last few years where i've i've asked an honest question to somebody and rather than saying no they've just ghosted me they've not responded so for example hey i'm going to the cinema on friday night do you want to come and rather than texting back saying i'm really sorry i can't they don't want to say no, so they just ghost and say nothing. I think that that's just as bad. And that's what we're speaking into, choosing to be people. And, you know, I have people now, I I don't always trust uh, what they text because I can't guarantee you what they text is going to be what, what actually happens. So this is what Jesus is speaking into. And like all the other sections in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus teaches into, he starts by saying this, you have heard it said. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it the Jewish people had heard said? What had been said in the past that Jesus is kind of referencing back to? Let's just look at some examples. Exodus 20 verse 7, it says, Do not use, do not misuse God's name. 
do not misuse God's name. Uh, Leviticus 19.12, do not swear falsely on my name and so profane the name of the Lord. Don't swear falsely by my name. Now, this is interesting. So Jesus, I would say swearing, do not swear, uh, is, a, is a thing that we, we should live by. You know, don't misuse God's name. Don't use God's name in vain. Do not use his name as a swear word. That's not what he's saying here. When he says, do not swear falsely by my name, swearing falsely, this is when somebody uses um, someone else to give authority to the thing that they're saying. So it'd be like, swearing in my name would be something like this. Yes, I will buy this car from you for £2,000. And the contract is that I swear on the name of Yahweh. That That's using God's name to give validity to the thing that you're saying. It says, do not swear falsely by my name, so profane the name of the Lord. In other words, don't cheapen God's name by using it as a way of bringing weight to what you have to say. Numbers 30 verse 2. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word but must do everything he said. So when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to uh, obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word. So in other words, if you're making pledges and you're making deals and you're making oaths and commitments, if you've made them, then don't break them. Uh, because if you break them, you're discrediting yourself, but you're also discrediting God. So if you've said you're going to do something, you're making a deal on something, then come through on it. Don't say you're going to do it, then don't do it. Deuteronomy 5, verse, chapter 5, verse 11. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not, will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So you shall not misuse the name of the Lord. So this misuse of the name of the Lord... You could apply that in, in many ways, using it uh, in a derogatory way, misusing it, you know, in that sense of a swear word, misusing his name uh, to convince somebody of something. But in this context, it's being used in terms of misusing God's name in making a vow or a commitment. So you have heard it said, don't misuse God's name, don't take it in vain, and don't use it to back up your oath or your argument. I, I make this vow on God's name. Don't do that. You're cheapening yourself, you're cheapening your your um, truthfulness, and you're cheapening the name of the Lord. So that's what Jesus said. You have heard it said. Do not misuse God's name. You've heard that said. That's in the Old Testament. The danger was, and this is where the, the, um, the problem comes. The danger is this, friends. People would make big statements of intent and they would back up this statement, this oath, this commitment with some words that would give weight to their promise. So they were looking for loopholes around not 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 using, misusing um, God's name. They were looking for loopholes. So when people made their vow, they would later find that they were unable to fulfill that vow so would look to a technicality to squirm out of that promise. So I've made this about to, make, uh, to buy this car. 
But then later on the line, they'd find out they couldn't afford it. They couldn't do it. They, they weren't able to do that. And then they would look for some technicality to squirm out of that promise. And they would create some small print. Some small print that would get them out of the promise. I'm going to give you an example. So I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 23, uh, verse 16. And there's a beautiful example here in Matthew 23. And it, and it says this, Jesus is teaching, he's teaching the Pharisees, the religious leaders, woe to you blind guides. You say, if anybody swears by the temple, it means nothing. But if anybody swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred. You also say, if anybody swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anybody swears by the gift on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred. Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who seated on it. See, they've become this problem where people were coming up with small print. Ah, when I made that vow, I didn't make the vow on the gift on the altar. I only made that vow on the altar itself. And, and actually that doesn't, I, that's breakable. So they were looking for these ridiculous reasons why they could get out of their vows. What an interesting piece of context, you know, just reading this before, from 23 starts to give us a little bit more context to in what was going on. People were making these ridiculous plays on words to weasel out of their commitments. The Mishnah, this is like the oral teachings of the Jewish people, the Mishnah. In it, it argued that if somebody made a vow by Jerusalem was no oath at all but they had to swear to Jerusalem so if I was to say I'm going to buy this car and I swear by Jerusalem that was you could you could measle out that to the missioner but you couldn't if you swore to Jerusalem the vow was made to Jerusalem not to the person you're buying the car to then you can't weasel out of it so people were coming up with this small print small reasons why they could weasel out now you might say look well chris we don't do that do we we don't do this swearing on the altar swearing on the cloth on the altar the gold on the altar the dribble on the altar we don't do that no we do we just do it differently we don't do it by the altar so people and i hear these these are phrases i have heard in the last period of time okay i've heard people say i swear on my life I swear on my mother's life. I swear on my mother's grave. I swear on my grandma's grave. I swear on my children's lives. I swear to God I will. I swear on the Bible. I swear with my hand on the Bible. I swear on heaven and on earth. I make a pinky promise with you. I make a blood pact with you. Let's shake on it as long as I shall live. Or, I promise, so help me God. These are all ways that we are, rather than just making a vow, we are adding to that vow 
to make our words seem more credible or more committed. That's exactly what's going on. And this is what Jesus speaks into. And it's such a simple message. This episode won't be much longer because I tell you now, this is how simple it is. Jesus says, don't break an oath. Don't break an oath. Don't break a pledge. Don't break a promise. Don't um, wow, make a vow with, with words or assurance. A commitment should just be a commitment. When you say something, it should just be true. There shouldn't need to be proof if it's true because you should be known as people of truth. Don't swear at all. Swearing is making a commitment to telling the truth. Do not make promises at all that you cannot keep. The moment you make a promise that you don't keep, that's the moment that you start needing to make a vow on something. When you stand up in court, you shouldn't have to put your hand on the Bible to make a commitment to tell the truth. You should just tell the truth. You should be known as somebody who tells the truth. So what was the problem that Jesus is combating? Once you need to make a promise to back up what you have said, you have already proven that your word isn't worth it. It's like a smoke screen. We say we're going to do something, but then once we're out of the room, we no longer live up to that commitment. It's like we make a loophole. I'm not in the room anymore. I don't have to live that out. Or I tell them something. I just tell them something they wanted me, you know, wanted to hear from me. Sometimes it's about manipulation or coercion or getting what you want by using the right words. Friends, if you say yes while thinking, I could go back on this if I needed to, is, is a very dangerous position to be in. We need to be trustworthy people. We need to be trustworthy people. To be like Jesus is to be trustworthy. Somebody who borrows money and then when you ask for it, they start to remind you of all of the things that they have bought with it or they've paid with it and they start creating loopholes. But this money that you gave me, I actually used some of that, buy, that money to buy you a drink. They're looking for loopholes to get out of it. And Jesus is speaking into any of this behavior and says, simply make your yes a yes, your no be a no. Become known as somebody who simply tells the truth. Simply become known as somebody who tells the truth. I want to just expand this just a tad more because I think this really, really speaks into our culture. Let's just fast forward 2,000 years to today. I don't think we're that different. We can't stand the truth. We love to be vague and ambiguous. We've gone from saying yes or no to maybe. Maybe has become this new thing, you know. Um, check out Facebook, you know, you're invited to an event. Will you go yes, no, and it offers you maybe. This lack of commitment, the maybe. Hey, do you want to come out on Friday night? Maybe. As if you're waiting for something better to come along. Let your yes be a yes, and you no be a no. Maybe we'll stay married. Maybe we'll commit to this contract. Maybe 
uh, I will come to that event as long as things feel right. Maybe we'll join the church as long as we find people that we get along with. Maybe I will keep that secret unless it works to my advantage to now share it. Maybe I will pay off that debt until I can actually get out of it. Maybe I will stick in this job until something better comes along. We don't make lifelong commitments anymore. We make commitments until it feels right to get out of that commitment. You see it in marriages. You see it in workplaces. People don't stay in workplaces for their whole lives anymore. They stay in their workplace as long as it benefits them, then they'll move on to the next job. Can you be somebody who doesn't use the word maybe, but somebody who simply says, yep, I know, yep, or no. Isaac will often say things to me like, Dad, can we go for a bike ride on Friday? Can we play on the PlayStation tonight? And I often will say to him, Isaac, I am not going to make a promise to something I can't keep. I would love to do those things. I'd love to go for a bike ride. I'd love to sit and watch that film, but I can't make that promise right now that I'm going to do it. So let's let's see if we can make that happen. But I'm not going to say yes and then not do it. I've learned with, with Isaac that it's better for me to say to him, hey, that sounds a great idea, but I'm not sure it's going to be possible. But I would love to do that. Um, I won't make a commitment because I don't want to let you down. Uh, but let's try and make that happen let's see if we can make that happen or a version of that ha happen i've had to learn to do that because if not if i say to isaac yeah i'm sure we can and then it gets to friday so, well actually it's just not gonna work and um, this has happened that's happening we're not gonna make that happen anymore i've just let him down i've learned to actually say i can't keep that promise i can't promise you that we'll go for that bike ride friday it's a little bit too far away right now to know how things are going to play out but let's make something of like that happen. I, and, and I've learned that that's exactly what I need to do with him. I need to be truthful. Truthful when I can't do something. Truthful when it's a possibly. Truthful when it's a, right, I need to know a bit more about how Friday is going to pan out before I can make that commitment. But all of that means that he knows that when I say yes to him, he knows it's going to happen. If he says to me, Dad, can we go for a bike ride later? And I say yes. He knows I've said yes, and I'm going to make that happen. So let me just translate. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, just tell the truth. When you speak, people shouldn't have to be calculating or determining whether or not you are telling the truth. Your words should be true in both literal and in terms of implica impl implicative means. I'll say that again. Implicative means should be just true literally and in implication your words should exude truthfulness jesus desires that his disciples always speak truthfully the world should consider the words of a christian to be something that's relied upon if you speak truthfully and everybody knows it there is no need for the taking of oaths to support your statements that is what jesus is saying let me just pray for us because I think this is a really important thing in our culture it's cult it, it's countercultural 
and we need God's spirit to strengthen us and help us in this so let me just pray so father would you help us by your spirit to be truthful just as you are truthful to be uh, faithful to others just as you are faithful might the world be able to trust our words just as we can trust your words and we say all of this in the name of Jesus Christ who himself is faithful and truthful would we live out uh, your word and would we put that into action and we pray that in Jesus name and all the saints said Amen Amen friends I'm excited next week cannot wait to teach you on the next bit of Matthew it is one of my favourite little bits of the Sermon on the Mount so until next week have a great week don't forget to make your yes a yes and your no a no.